What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we don't have anything new because of a last minute emergency. We were unable to record this weekend, unfortunately. So what we decided to do was go back into the vaults of an episode that we kind of wanted to put out a while ago. Essentially, it was the extended conversation uh, about mad villainy that we had with Nick Rosenberg. This recording session took over three hours and there were lots of little tidbits that we just didn't put into the episode because it took entirely way too long. And so we thought that, well, it would be a good opportunity to go ahead and share the episode now. We go in a bunch of different directions. This is definitely a conversation for music nerds. Wide range of topics. We talk extensively in the beginning about Nick Rosenberg's introduction into music and entertainment law. We go through the whole story, which we didn't share on the podcast. And so, yeah, so if you just want to sit back and listen to an episode about a bunch of musical nerds talking about a bunch of random musical topics, well, here you go. So hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled program in no time. I remember seeing your brother, Peter, on uh, Drink Champs, and he said that the first person that introduced him to hip hop was you, his brother. So tell us a little bit about your kind of your journey, like how you got into hip hop and, you know, like both from a you know industry perspective but sure. like just loving it yeah. your first you know influences etc so this is it's actually great i get to tell this story <laughs> at this moment because uh the first time i loved hip-hop and it wasn't the first time i heard hip-hop mm. was admittedly when i heard parents just don't under- understand okay. in the car <laughs> in 1988 <laughs> and at that point i had already ha- i had raising hell oh, right yeah. and i'd heard like Random Beastie Boys, Licensed yeah, to yeah, Ill, and right, right. you know stuff that you'd hear at school. But it mm-hmm. was like cool. I was just didn't think about it. Uh-huh. That song, I was like, I really like this record, and uh, I bought the album, and I just like played it over and over and over and over again. Word. So it's funny okay. because now everybody's like mad at Will Smith, and I'm just like, no, no, like there's no way I can never <laughs> cancel Will Smith. Yeah, like people are just, I'm like. Yeah, does no wrong to me. Right. That's how, how uh, our, our boy Amos is with LL Cool J. I make all kinds of jokes about uh, LL Cool J licking chocolate syrup off of women's knees and getting in the water with his hat on and all types of ridiculous shit. And he's like, Yo. LL Cool J can literally do no wrong. He could walk out and slap an old lady and I wouldn't care. So I feel you. Yeah. No, but it's funny. But like, I heard of LL Cool J before I heard of DJ Jazzy Jeff yeah. and the Fresh Prince. Right, right. right. But I just didn't. I didn't know any LL Cool J songs. I just knew he was like popping, the right? Man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so so you started with with, yeah. with with Will. That's how you got into it, and then yeah. tell us more about you know, because I I know you you kind of were also in the periphery of like maybe some groups in the yeah. area and stuff like that. So how so you get like into that? I you know I just that got me into rap. It was the only thing I wanted to do. I was into rap radio, whether it was rap radio here, mm-hmm. you know, listening to WOL fourteen fifty AM with like. Yeah. No reception. You know that one? Oh, that's before my time. Yeah. Probably is. Yeah. No, I remember. Um, what was that? Um, what's that movie that was starring um, uh, Don Cheadle and uh, Chibotel Ogia Four? Who's who? Uh, was it Petey, the guy, the radio host in DC? Um, I don't know that one. Oh my god! Um, Talk to me was the name of this movie. Oh, I, I think I remember it. seeing. It. I is didn't it see about the movie. that? It, no, but it was a. It was about the radio station WOL. No kidding. Yeah, because they were they they've been around like for a while. Yeah, right? and they were a yeah. storefront. Okay, that I was like that. so. I mean, if you ever saw time, Do the so. Right Thing, uh-huh. like um, when Samuel Jackson is uh, I forget what his name is on the radio. Yeah, on the in the movie, but he's like the the station is in a 
an actual storefront. Like, mm-hmm. That's what it was. And WOL right. was actually the first Radio 1 station. It was Kathy okay. Hughes's first station. Uh, and she had a morning show, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, and she was, it was funny because my dad used to be like, my dad's like a long time progressive, like wash. He's like, I listen to Kathy Hughes. She's a right winger. Okay. She was kind of like, you know, a Republican. <laughs> it seemed like okay. no disrespect to Kathy Hughes, WOL, Radio okay. 1. I love it. But um, yeah, so I was into all that New York mm-hmm. radio. And then um, I never sort of figured out that I really like this. How can I make a life out of it? I just never mm-hmm. sort of put those things together. Yeah. So I went to college and did whatever and should have done like radio or something. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was just doing whatever college kids do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was probably about the time I was, I don't know, 25. I started realizing that like, I don't like what I'm doing professionally. Mm-hmm. I need to start getting onto a different path. Okay. And it was about then that I sort of realized like, oh shit, I need to put my, uh, make my career or something that I'm passionate about, yeah, right? Okay. And it was at that point that I was talking to Peter. He was in college and okay. he was working on uh, WMUC. And, um, you know, he was like, I found these really talented artists I'm working with. Right. This kid, Cy Young, he worked right. with Kev Brown, who yeah, I had yeah. met at Peter's station. Okay. And I started working with Cy. Mm-hmm. And then um, Peter then introduced me to, you know, to Quartermain and Caliber. Mm-hmm. And so we were dope. working with them. So for folks that that you know are, are are clueless and lost to what we're talking about, right? This is this is this kind of yeah. beautiful DMV hip hop scene yeah. that that was was burgeoning in this mm-hmm. time frame. And you know, I was telling you know I was telling Nick off mic, but like you know, I was a fan of Low Budget and you know of Ken Starr and and Kev Brown and Odyssey. And I first heard about Peter through him trying to break Odyssey, you mm-hmm. know, uh, doing doing radio things in New York and stuff like that. So, so it, I mean, you know, it's dope to kind of hear that story that, that you know, kind of how those those things kind of came together in this area. Yeah, no, and it was fun because there was like a whole contingent of people. Like yeah. it started with Cy and Kev, mm-hmm. but then I met Critically Acclaimed mm-hmm. and then I met mm-hmm. Odyssey and Ken yeah. and yeah. then Sean Bourne was never really around. Sean Bourne is so dope to me. Yo, Izzy. That album... The, with the uh, uh, born baby, I'm back, back on that. Yeah. That shit is fire. Yeah, and I, talk, I, I talk to Sean every now and again. Yeah, so um, I actually, I, I forget, I, I met him like on one occasion and I told him, I said, bro, your album is incredible. Yo, and he's got the best, um, his accent yeah. and slang, yeah. like his, it's like super like country Maryland, <laughs> right? Like, That's right though. Maryland. Yeah, like it's like Maryland. Right, like it's very like down, <laughs> it has like a down south kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And um. So, so the album we're talking about, I wanted to do an episode on, on of our podcast on it. This Sean Bourne album. Now, now re- we have to. It's really good. Now well, I'm excited. Yeah. Did you ever hear the Isaac Jones album? Did they ever come out with that? It was Ken. I don't know. That it one. was this project. It was Ken and uh, Sean, uh-huh. and then um, produced by Kev, right? Okay. And Ooh. it's called Isaac Jones. Okay. And um, which I think the name yeah. is so dope, right? <laughs> like it was great. Uh huh. There was a single that we put out actually. So we did a few records, albums, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 12 inches. Yeah. Um, and then uh around that same time, I started working at Raucous mm-hmm. in about 2000 ish Yeah, okay. 2000. Okay. It was around 9-11, I remember. Ooh, um, okay. yeah, started mm-hmm. as an intern. And it was like the post uh like the big releases. Yeah. But yeah. like they were pushing like high tech. It was yeah. when like right, that right. record broke it, it was round and round. round yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. so so post so post sound bombing too. 
post post it was, we, did we did that correct uh, yeah, oh well, yeah, maybe yeah. not train of thought around train, train of thought, of thought time frame it right? was no it was post train of thought right. okay it was it was like sound bombing three was in the pipeline yeah. so so think, so tell us yeah. about how the label was at the time because because i heard a whole bunch or read a whole bunch of things about how like some of the artists felt like the label had kind of lost its way and they were trying to do all these these mainstream things with an underground label so what was it what was it like being there at that time um so I started there and I was just like an opportunity I found to like, they were like, yeah, come in and help. And right, I was like, right, right. this is awesome. I love this label, right? <laughs> Went down to 676 Broadway where they were and started working and met all the people. We and the um, yeah, it was at this moment where they had had the success of Blackstar, right. Mos, yeah. Quali, Pharaoh yeah. right? Yeah. Um, like though, And then it was sort of like teeing up the next stuff, right? right. Which right. was like G-Rap, Mm -hmm. High tech, mm -hmm. um, and then they also had this whole like rock is oh, distribution. That's right. G -Rap yeah, G-Rap was, was there for a little, for a little the while. The story, which yeah. was like, did they, they put that out? Forever. It's out. Okay. I don't know if Rock has ended up. Yeah, it I feel out, like it though. didn't drop or something. But they he had that single. Um, who's the first nigga? This song. Oh, that's on the, dope. The, that um, it was on the basketball compilation. Yeah, that's on the yeah, and one. The and one volume. Right. So that was like a three. big marketing thing. Yeah. I remember was like pushing stuff to the and one tapes. Right, right. Um, which was like skate videos. Yeah. Of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Like that was and skate videos was, was and snowboard fine. videos were also yeah. an outlet for pushing yeah, like yeah. labels like Rock is to push yeah. rap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely in a little bit of uh. A, like a strange place, I guess, because it's like you have this success yeah. and then it's like, well, how do you take it to the next level? And people yeah. are recognizing it. And it's like, you've hit this, like you've dropped a few classic records, right? right. Yeah, a few. Um, yeah. So it was like funny, like to your point about mm -hmm. trying to be bigger, it's like, mm -hmm. there's a Michael Stipe feature on the G-Rap album. Who was that? From R.E.M., like the lead singer. Oh, yeah, wow. like That's crazy. Yeah, so yeah. they were getting... Like, that's where it was, right? Yeah, because uh -huh. I remember reading, and I don't remember who it was that was talking about this, but he was basically saying that, like, they got so they got so big so fast, and then they started to try to do things that would make sense, like, if you're a mainstream label. So, for example, they said one of the reasons why the, the G-Rap album was taking so long was that Ruckus was trying to get him to do these things that they thought were good looks. Yeah. And so that I think they said that they're like That's the single was supposed point. to be Probably like, a, like yeah the REM joint right like I think that he was supposed to he had a single or a song with uh, with Snoop Dogg and supposedly like he didn't really want to do the song. Not, like he didn't want Snoop own, on his joint. And they're yeah. like, nah, you could you gotta have Snoop so we can have the single and then look. And then supposedly they were like, they were trying to do like a ruckus chain. Mm -hmm. Where like they like give people chains like Death right. Row and Rockefeller. Right, and so, right. Yep. And so like some of these like underground, you know, core artists felt like the label had kind of lost its way and weren't allowing them to be core to like their underground values and ethos, you know? Yeah, I mean? and I think that that's true, but I also <laughs> think that like, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think like most Def and Quali, I don't think they were like, yeah, we want to be backpack rappers right, forever. Right. Like, well, I, I think that they, so it was sort of like, you're trying to be loyal, but these guys are also right. trying to level up too. Yeah. It's weird and, though, like, like Amosis is interesting, right? Because he wants to level up, but at the same time, like if you hear him talk about this shit, the nigga's hella anti. And he's really on some like, like even the way, like, like the, the Black Star album that they're about to, to put out, right? Yeah, yeah. Like most, most is like, they've been holding it for like five years because most is like, I don't want to be on streaming. I don't want to be on this. I don't want to be on that. I want to be a control of my own destiny. I hate everything and everyone. And so now it's like, okay, we're going to release our album through Luminary. 
what does that even fucking mean? But that's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. like, but you're so you're gonna release your album through Luminary. I think it's gonna be very similar to Kanye with the with the stem player, right? But without the Kanye success and arm and. You know, I'm a, a link to the Kardashians and all this other stuff, right? So, right, and like being the biggest person in the world, in I the mean, world, right? So it's different, right? So I, I don't, I don't know that that's going to necessarily be successful. But I say all that to say, like, most wants to be big, but in his own way. Yeah, and you I know? think, like, I mean, there's a moment I think where I could argue that most had the most potential of any hip hop artist ever. The, right? He's, from a, yeah. he's made similar yeah. From a multi-hyphenate standpoint, yes, right? Yeah, like in terms sure. of the movies, like he, yeah. he was getting to household name level, yeah, yeah. right? He was, he was an underground sex success. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he wasn't, he was but he wasn't symbol. like yeah. the, the take my shirt off sex symbol. He was, was like, like, oh my God. Unassuming, like, yeah. sensitive guy, yeah. Yeah, sex symbol type yeah. thing. Yeah, and so yeah. it's like, it's funny how that turned out for him. Quali sort of ends up having a, <laughs> a much bigger, longer sort of yeah, rap career, career. I think. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, more consistent rap yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and that's not to say like most had New Danger was decent. Yeah. We talked um, about that album actually. Yeah, yeah like I like that album, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. uh, I, I, I maybe it's raucous. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe it's just him. Right. But it, but it's interesting how you know because okay, the 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 beginnings of of raucous, right? It's like. Rupert Murdoch's son is this kid that likes music. And so he put he gets some rock people together James, and puts it together. Yeah. yeah. And then the rock shit kind of doesn't really work. And he's like, well, I like this rap shit too, right? And then then they, they try that and then it just fucking works. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, wow, like, what do we do? And it grew so fast, it seems like, that it was just kind of like they were doing mad things. Because remember, and you might have been there at, at this time, they did like the Ruckus 50, where they that, like... No, that was beyond. That was sort of like okay. Ruckus had... I want to say it hadn't folded up completely, but it, it acquired was, by MCA, I right, think. And right. then they, I think that was trying to res resuscitate the brand oh, a little okay, bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like and be more like, you know, digital native or whatever. Yeah, like some bullshit, yeah, right? Yeah. But um, yeah. No, but at that time it was like, I think there was sort of like a direction problem. And mm -hmm. it's funny because the moment that I was there, if you watched the Kanye documentary, of which I've only seen, we, I saw you did a podcast. We did, right? yeah, we did, yeah, we did. I still only have watched the first one, oh, but okay. there's a moment when they're out in front of 676 Broadway, right? Yeah. Where like- Oh, where dude's telling him- Yeah, and, like, the, the yeah, A&R wanted to and get he was, to- I, That was when I was there. Like, oh, I, wow. I don't remember it, but uh -huh. I wouldn't be surprised if they were filming in that, that meeting when he walked in there, if you would have seen me sitting sort of right <laughs> at the desk outside uh, uh, Jared and Brian's office right. where he would have gone and met with with them because he uh, wanted to be there. Yeah. And I remember them talking about, oh, it's this guy. And he, you know, he produced yeah. H to the Izzo and he's Quali's buddy. Crazy. And, uh, you know, he's coming in and he really wanted to be there, I think. Yeah. Um, so what do you know why they didn't they didn't move ahead with him? I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. I think like. You know, look at Kanye's face when he's freestyling in the office at Rockefeller, right? Yeah. Where it's like, or the reactions of people where it's just sort yeah, of like, what? Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I don't, I'm not getting don't it, get dude. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that's probably what it was. I mean, it wasn't an obvious. Yeah, no, play. for sure. For we, sure. We spoke about that when we did the, when we were talking about the documentary that, like, mm -hmm. if you look back at it now, you're like, retrospectively, like, right. sure. But at the time, yeah. The point I made was that at the time you you should still be able to recognize that he is an actual musical artist, like he For has sure. a vision. Yeah. Which versus someone like Freeway, who's just like, look, I'm just rapping. You guys yeah, make the vision yeah. for me. Yeah. But 
rapping wise, I mean, like, no, you're right. It's not obvious. I mean, yeah, I think the dude sounded corny. I still think he sounds and, corny. And additionally, right, like, he, he kind of had an, an image problem, yeah. right? Like, like in that era, you know, I mean, it's like dudes are walking around in bulletproof vests in rap, in, yeah. in rap at the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so different from and, what he was. He's saying, like, oh, I'm the best yeah. dressed rapper, but it's like, no, sir, you don't dress nearly as well as 100,000. Like, we understand that. Uh, you know what I mean? Because 100,000 is like all fresh and suited and booted, but you've got polos on. Yeah. That's your image. Like, yeah. what's this? What are we it, doing? But it fucking worked. When, yeah, when it, it did work. Yeah, it did but work. It's, but it's like, but at the time, like, no one uh, could see that. Yeah, we but couldn't see it. The funny thing is, though, that it worked precisely for the reason that you're saying yeah. it might not yeah, because right. there exactly. was a lot of kids exactly. that connected like exactly. that moment he's when so he's right. when he's sitting there and his retainers are on the table yo that's right what, and you're just like in scarface that. like that like, like embodied that everything that, that you're there. describing right yes. it's like yes. and scarface is like that's nasty you like and but every kid who like kanye's like left the retainers like i have yeah. kids they leave their retainers all over the place and you're like why are you doing that right and he's it, absolutely yeah. right and even just being in college at the time like the whole college dropout thing really worked for college yeah. students like like yeah. people really related to kanye's mm -hmm. story and like hip-hop had a it still had a level of like inaccessibility to the common man right right so it's like you know 50 Cent, he got shot nine times. That was the narrative, right? Yeah. Most people cannot relate to getting shot anytime. I hope to never We're wearing bulletproof yet. vests. Yeah. We're doing pull-ups in their music videos on, <laughs> on street lamps or whatever the fuck, right? But like Kanye's whole story about like, I have this dream and people don't believe in me. And you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I dropped out of school. My mom's upset with me about, you know, like his narrative was so every man that like yeah. people connected with it in a way that you might not have been able to see if you're, standing behind like a label desk you know yeah. what I mean? yeah no completely and i think it was it was in the next in the coming years what would happen is people would like that sort of i see every aspect of the people i listen to i think right. peter has benefited from that also mm. like he would go on his podcast or on the radio and he just you know him and Sife would have it out right, right they right. like because there was no separation between real life yeah. and persona and yeah. that has become a thing now yeah but at the time it was weird and i think That's kanye weird. was onto the fact like you know we're all self-conscious i'm just the first to admit it right, right like right, right. like i'm gonna put it all out there yeah it's interesting that you say that right because it's almost like you know now it's every, every we want to know everything about everybody right it's, it's almost like social media before social media but to go back to what you were saying about pete and Sife. I remember they had that Hot 97 show mm -hmm. that did, did kind of bombed a little bit, right? But like, where they're like, yo, this is what it looks like to be at Hot 97. Oh, and no, it was, this is it Hot was, 97, the right. reality and it, show, yeah. And it was like, yo, it was a reality show. And it's like, yo, this is what it's like to be at a radio station. It's no this kind recollection of, of this. Yeah, what like it didn't, it didn't succeed, but oh, okay. like- It wasn't a bad show. But it wasn't like, bad. No, it and, it's, and it's wild because now like, th that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah, so it's like, they were like before their time. Yeah, and it, like there were still aspects of it that were scripted, right? Yeah, like, cause it was, what's her name? What's, I'm blanking on Love and Hip Hop. Mona. Yeah, like, I think it was Mona Scott. Yeah, and so- you know, it had those aspects, but that yeah. idea of yeah. like, we want to see inside. Right. But yeah, but it worked for Kanye in the end. And I think yeah. he saw it when other people wouldn't. And that's why he's like, oh, maybe yeah. the biggest ever in a lot right, of ways. Right, well, so back to, to So it. back to your story, Sorry, right? Yeah. So, so you, so you're- Everybody's you're, talking <laughs> about Kanye. Nobody talks about me. <laughs> so we're back to you. So, like, so you, so, you know, you're, you're kind of in the periphery of, of this low budget crew that's, you know, that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Odyssey does his thing. Kev Brown does his thing. Some other individuals. So like, 
how do how do we go from that to like you in law and entertainment law? Like how do you so get there? I'm like trying to make it in the record business and um I work at Rock as Rock as folds up and I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm doing management stuff. Mm. You know, I'm promoting parties. I'm doing things just to like sort of keep it moving and at a certain mm. point I was like I need some marketable skill here and I can you know <laughs> okay. part of it is your parents your Jewish parents Weird. being like what are you doing um, <laughs> no and and uh, I was like you know what actually I could go to law school right uh -huh. and I could turn this into uh, uh, a career okay. right I could work in the music business yeah. uh -huh. I don't think I realized how hard that would necessarily be <laughs> that it wasn't necessarily just like a it's plug and a, play yeah, so you're like the play. opposite of combat jack Oh, yeah. Like well, Combat Jack's like lawyer, like, oh, maybe I can take my interest and make it a part of this. You're like, yeah. the opposite. you're like, I'm in my interest. Maybe I can make law a part of it. Right. Or I'd hope. <laughs> but I then got sidetracked. Okay. Like, and, um, you know, you go to law school. I went to Fordham. Uh, I did well. And it was a good economy. And at the time, if you did well at a school like Fordham or UVA or wherever, mm. it meant that law firms were going to line up to interview you. Nice. Right. So and nice. so I had loads of interviews. I got tons of offers for just stupid money, right? <laughs> Considering nice. I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> um, and, you know, I sort of like the dangling keys sort of got my attention right. and I went that way and I ended up spending a, uh, spending a decent amount of time as a corporate lawyer. Mm -hmm. And, but for a couple years during that time, the first firm I went to went out of business actually. Okay. And I ended up working for an entertainment lawyer okay. for a couple of years okay. where I learned a lot of the stuff that I do now, mm -hmm. um, working with artists, producers, you know, what have you. And then I went back into big law firms and was a corporate lawyer and like slowly during that time started building a practice. Okay. Um, meeting people uh, through Peter, through social media, through yeah. the relationships I'd built. Yeah. And that sort of kept going. I moved to another law firm where I met, um, shout out to JB. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and eventually I left and I was like, I just want to do this on my own now. Like mm -hmm. I'm in a position, I had some clients that were like, I represent this kid, IDK from um, yeah, Prince George's County. IDK, he's nice. And, uh, you yeah. know, we got him a deal at Warner mm -hmm. and that made me, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I'm so rich now I can go do whatever <laughs> I want, but it right. sort of made me feel like, oh, wow, this kid that I've been working with for a long time, mm -hmm. like that's actually heading in the right direction yeah. and continues to. And it sort of gave me the... Yeah, why am I still doing yeah. stuff that I really don't like doing? So, so in all this time that you're kind of, you know, creating this, this, you know, this practice and, and this like stable of clients, are you representing Peter at the same time? Or are you guys like, you know, I mean, you're- No, clearly, I always you know, have. You know, kinda... I quote unquote manage Peter for okay. lack of a better word. <laughs> okay. Um, and I always have because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we dreamed of this stuff before he did anything, right? Yeah. Like I remember the first time you know, he got the phone call that said that, uh, where he said that he was going to go produce Miss Jones's show for two days, right? right, right. On Hot 97 well, because yeah. Ebro liked him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember how excited and that he was going to get this late night show that he still has. Yeah, real late. Um, real late. And, um, you know, so we've been sort of like strategizing and talking about it all the way and coming mm -hmm. up with good ideas mm -hmm. and bad ideas, you know, some mm -hmm. of which we do, some of which we don't. Okay. Um, but we did some cool stuff. We did this mm -hmm. interview series called Noisemakers, which okay. was like, you know, Juan Epp was the first hip hop podcast. This was yeah. a live interview series before, oh, okay. you know, Elliot Wilson was doing what, uh, which one is that? He had that live oh, interview the, series. Yeah, they interviewed. They yeah, but like we, did, we were there a few years before they just took it to another level. Mm -hmm. I mean, but we 
produced events with Questlove and Diddy and mm. uh, Q-Tip and Raekwon and like, and it was really, really cool. Right. So I always was sort of involved in those things. We pitched yeah. some TV shows and I still am, you know, okay. and uh, still work on all those deals and all that. So but, I've seen your name linked with Eminem, but I know that there's true. a Paul Rosenberg yeah, no, who yeah. represents Eminem. Are, are you related to Paul I Rosenberg? Wish. Like, how, how does that work? That, yeah. Um, no, no, not related. I know him. Shout out okay. to Paul Rosenberg. Okay. Um, but no, we're Just not the related. Same name. He's from Detroit. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, good dude, right? Like, yeah. uh, very tall. He's oh, like 6'5". Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, you know, 5'11". But I'm taller than Peter. 5'9", <laughs> actually. I just lied. Um, Yo, whenever so, a man tells you he's 5'9", that means he's less than 5'9". No, no, I'm actually 5'9". I said 5'11". I'm less than 5'11". But um, no what? connection to Paul. But it's funny, when Peter first came out in New York, everybody, everybody. thought, yo, this is great. We did this Noisemakers, actually, at South by Southwest. Okay. And Nas was the guest, right? Okay, and it was, like, later in the evening, like 10 o'clock, and Nas had definitely been drinking. Okay. Right? And at some point, they're like, ha-ha, laughing it up. And mm. and Nas just looks at Peter, and he's just like, Paul. Like, <laughs> and, like in this way, like, we're buddies. We're and he's like, you don't even know. Like, it was not even me. so funny. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah. Okay. So no relation. No relation to Paul Rosenberg. That's good, that's but, good to uh, know. Yeah. 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 So, so is IDK kind of your 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 bread and butter client right now? Do you have any? Yeah. Other, I mean, like, I spend like, a lot of time uh, yeah. uh, working with IDK, but I represent all kinds of people. I represent other artists. I represent mm -hmm. producers. One thing that I'm actually pretty jazzed about in my practice right now, mm -hmm. which a lot of people actually hate, mm -hmm. um, is sample packs and um, oh, okay. loops. So I have a few yeah. guys that I like work track with. Like type stuff. Yeah, like the guy, like people who have stuff on like. Uh, Drumbroker.com yeah, yeah. and okay. you know, and I work. Is with there a lot a of money in that industry? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Right. So I have clients that, you know, there's sort of different lanes. There's the people that are putting stuff out that people are buying, like these yeah. projects, and then they get sampled from. Right. And then they, you know, one of my clients, Hitboy, uses his stuff. And those oh, are right. like you get a production credit, you get money, whatever it is. Yeah. There's other people who are shopping, you know, mm -hmm. exclusive loops, right? So yeah. they'll send it to a big Cause, producer because Ilmine was the first person that I, you know, kind of heard doing that, like, like consistently. But Ilmine also created a whole economy around himself, right? right? So he's also producing. He's also, you know, speaking at these, you know, panels and festivals right. and things like mm -hmm. that. So I think, you know, some people are buying the product, but some people are also buying him. So is that right. is that kind of how you find that the folks that most of your yeah, I mean, are? some of them are, and some yeah. of them like it's there's different models, right? Okay. So it's like, you know. Then there's the people that are selling stuff to Splice or doing you right, know, right. MPC expansion packs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I mean, there's a decent amount of money in that. That's dope. You know, and um, and it's cool. And there's a lot of weird legal issues around it. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. the uh, the industry doesn't really understand yet what's yeah. going on. Uh -huh. And it's uh, it's a real headache. Like the problem before, the headache was clearances, right? Yeah. So you would say, oh my God, I have to clear, you know, I don't know, this the mamas and the papas or the Isleys or whatever right. it is, right? And now it's like, well, you know you can clear it, but the problem is that producers will come in and it's two days before the record comes out and then they say, oh, yeah, no, I got this loop from a guy, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you're like, mm -hmm. I wish I had known that before yeah. because now we got to go sort this guy out also. Mm, right. And um, <clears throat> then so, that guy says, oh, I had another guy also. And then right. all of a sudden there's like 87 people who produced one song. Right. Because different people did different stuff. So so how do you clear, like, how, do you run into situations like, I don't know, 
Jake One puts out the snare Jordan, you know, pack. But like Jake One takes like an Isley kick drum, but then he filters it a certain way. So you ha- do you have to like clear the sample with Jake One and then clear it again with the person who's the original source? Like, how does that work? Well, theoretically. <clears throat> and I, sorry, Jake One, for saying your name. I'm yeah, not no, saying I mean, I don't like, I would imagine that Jake One or most of these producers aren't not doing that. They're probably mm. taking raw snares or snares mm. from other kits and then you know yeah, adding stuff, stuff filtering yeah. adding a little bit of an 808 to it whatever right, it is right, right. having their own sound mm-hmm. because you're really if you're on splice or something like that or an right. mpc expansion pack mm-hmm. they that's a big risk for them they don't yeah, want samples exactly. that's the whole point yeah um you know how much people actually do i don't know yeah. i would imagine they do because the fact of the matter is once you've done what you described you're not gonna uh, no, all the software in the world isn't going to be able to determine probably that this was this open snare on this Isley Brothers record. Yeah, I don't know. Some people could get, get, you know, nerdy with it. Because, you know, it's funny, like, how things have changed. Even Splice, you know? I mean, you see, I got records all over yeah. the place, right? Like, I, I, you know, clearly was in that lane and, and Outlaw was as well. It's actually one of the reasons we, you know, kind of became friends was being into, like, producing and, and, and samples and things like that. But, um, man, like, we come from an era where, like, that splice shit would have been a hell no. Like, you know, I was, mm. I was actually, and we'll get to it when we talked about this, this Mad Villain album two hours into the podcast episode. <laughs> but, but you know, um, there was a sample on here that I had sampled and I made a beat. And my boy E, who introduced me to the album, I, you know, I played on the beat. Yo, yeah, yeah just I did this he beat. Me to the album too. And he goes, he goes, oh yeah, that's that Mad Villain joint. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, oh yeah, it's tracked something on Mad Villain. So then I'm like, I need to listen to this shit. So, because I'm thinking my beat is slamming. So I hear, I hear Mad Villain, and I'm like, he's right. Like th- these people have the same samples as me. I have to scrap this beat and make a whole nother beat. Like, what, because you don't want to because I don't want to use the same sample as somebody else. Yeah. But now it's time like that used to mean something. Yeah, it meant something. Like yeah. you know, like having obscure samples. You, you sometimes you didn't want to tell people where you yeah. where you sourced oh, something. You, you know, know it's funny. Like, I was at Quartermain's record store yesterday. You know Nick the Wonder. Any chance? I've, I don't know him, yeah, but I've heard of him. I ran into him yesterday, and he was uh-huh. going through records. And um, shout out to Nick the Wonder, and um, he uh, found all these 45s with the labels scratched out that Daryl had, yeah. right? And um, I was like, that's like the old days, like yeah. in the park, right? Like you hear about on a documentary, right? Right. Um, but to your point, people yeah. didn't want. Yeah, it was other like, people it was, to know their. It was samples. like a source of pride, and it was like a it was like a cultural thing. But now, you know, these kids are making beats, and it's like they'll they'll flip like. Another rap song that came out last year <laughs> yeah. and make it a, a, a beat. You know they'll they'll down, download a sample pack and 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 that's just the loop. And then they just loop it and they, yeah. and they mean, don't care. Like there's no you know. It's kind funny. Of, yeah. Do you remember when uh, what's his name Polo the Don got clowned because Love yeah. in the Club was literally just like it was a, a straight patch. loop. Yeah. Yeah. On Garage Band or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. And they the, this kid just played it was just like and everybody was like. But and, that's what people do now. And the same thing happened with um with with Swiss, Swiss beats, beats with Down Bottom, down right? Bottom, yeah. yeah, and it was like it was like oh was well that's Casio. that's a, it was a Casio yeah. patch. And so then they started saying all of his shit was just these Casio presets, and he's like no, that's just this one beat. But you're right now, that's what all the beats are now. Yeah, yeah and it's I mean for me though as a bad producer, um, <laughs> it's great though because there's so much to work with, and I like finding samples and chopping up real samples too. Yeah. Um, but I mean it's cool. Like there's cool stuff. That has cool sounds and but 
I generally, like when I first started doing it, it was like, oh, I could just let this ride, find some drums that are the same tempo. And it's like, you know, I said to one of my clients that does this stuff, I was like, man, I was like, my cat, if I load your stuff in, my cat could walk on the NPC and I could have a beat for... um." For uh, Joey Badass, right? Like, you know, or uh, Griselda, right? right like, right. because it's like the sounds are so good. Yeah, yeah. But like what I've yeah. started doing now is it's like, all right, well, I have those samples. I find them. But now I'm going to try to chop those up and do yeah. things that are different with exactly. that. Exactly. Right? So it's not, but. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. really off off subject. But <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Good. It's fun. We'll take it. We'll, we'll have it. This is, a, this is a fun conversation. But it does tie back to this album because yeah. the, the way the samples on here exactly. are definitely different than on older Doom stuff, right? right? Like right, the way right. they use them. Absolutely. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, so you, so you, you kind of, you're in the entertainment law space mm-hmm. and, and, and you find yourself here. So, so the reason we, we kind of, you know, tagged you is, is because we, we had said that we wanted to do this album for a long time. When Doom passed, I was, talk about how the the songs come together and they asked you know did you like like write your raps and then and then like he tailored the beat around you and he's like no actually it's the opposite all of those like little scratches vocal stabs yeah. like skip were already in the beat when he got them yeah and F- then Fancy clown in particular they did that yeah and then yeah. he just he writes around it yeah um, and so, like, that's just so weird. Like, when you think about it, it's almost backwards, right? Because you would almost yeah. think it, it, like, his lyrics are a conversation with the things with that the, are going on in the. That's beat. crazy, actually. Um, yeah. So, so did he not know what the songs were gonna turn out like then, or what the final work was gonna he, be? He didn't. Like, he didn't hear the final thing. But then, at the same time, because of the fact that he's writing to it with the samples in it, he's kind of dictating what it's gonna be. But then he's leaving it to Madlib to like finalize it. Yeah. It's 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 like an such an odd process, but the fact that they like didn't even talk about yeah. like they they're not sitting down going, all right, guys, so let's plan this out. How are we? How do we want to approach this? They're just doing them separately, but they have right. such great chemistry that it just works. It's weird. It reminds yeah. me of like I read about an article about Brian Wilson at some point, and like mm. I don't know if it was when he's recording Pet do, Sounds do or, that or something no. from the Beach Boys, yeah, right? okay, like the okay. producer, and okay. like that, like basically he's like the one of the most. I mean, he's probably like the father of this sort of like patching things together style where you just Particularly take all on these- that album, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. Yeah, yeah, okay. But then he would just walk, he would just be like, all right, come in here, go in the booth. I just want you to go like, la, 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 four times, yeah. right? And then they would do that. And he'd be like, bye, right? And then yeah. he would take all these pieces yeah. and then he'd put it together into okay. music, right? Yeah. Like, but he was the one. In this case, it's sort of something similar. Yeah. But he's doing- but Doom is doing a bigger sort of part. It's cool. Like it's, it's like a crazy. Real real quick side side note. Uh, do you have HBO Max? Yeah. Do you have access to it? Uh-huh. I think Love and Mercy is on there. Love and uh, Mercy. That's just that. the Brian Wilson story. Yeah. So essentially, uh, Paul Dano plays a young Brian Wilson, and then oh, I think it's John right, Cusack plays the old John Wilson, uh, okay. Brian Wilson. Essentially, just real quick, and we're gonna cut this out. Mm-hmm. But just is just musical nerd shit. So mm-hmm. Brian Wilson, yeah, he's the the main guy for the Beach Boys, right? Okay. But he suffered from I forget what it is, but it's like you hear like random sounds. Okay. Um, and it was driving him crazy. Oh. But wow. actually, around the time that they is made, it tinnitus? Did he have tinnitus or no? It's it, it might be that. It might be that. Like where you have a ringing? I have a slight. No, yeah. but it, it wasn't a ringing. Like, he was, like, just hearing, yeah. like... He was, was a little like, bit, like, autistic or crazy or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, and so the Beach Boys, like, you know the Beach Boys for making, like, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, um, first gear. It's all right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, rocking in the USA, right? Right, right. Like, Those you ones. know the Beach Boys from that. But then they came out, um, I think it was the Beatles dropped Rubber Soul in, like, 1964. It's my favorite Beatles album, by the way. Is it? 
Uh, I like. Uh, I'm starting to like White Album more and more than ever. Yeah, there's a lot I'm, to it. I'm, Back White to your is so good. not, but it's it's like it's you were saying about short albums. I mean, like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a Sergeant Pepper guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, Sergeant yeah, Pepper. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but so uh, Beatles come out with uh, Rubber Soul, and then uh, he's kind of like inspired to do something more than just like. Because at the time, like with music, they're they're working on like making singles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like albums that they were, it's just kind of like a collection of singles that they put out. Right. He's like, no, like the, the Beatles did this. We could put this whole album together. So the right. Beast Boys go on tour. And his cousin, I think I think it was his cousin, Mike Love. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, they were kind of at odds. Mike Love kind of wanted to get all the fame for the Beast Boys. Anyway, they go on a tour and he's like, look, can I stay home, Brian Wilson? Mm-hmm. So he stays home and he's starting to suffer from this like weird disease where he hears all this music and stuff but he decides to put the entire album together he like writes okay. everything and he's doing this together so like wouldn't so it like be how nice prince paul did we... a prince among thieves sure sure like just sure. piecing okay um but like you know uh main songs like wouldn't it be nice if we were oh, older? Yeah, no, no. and then um what's the other the other main one is um surfing usa no, 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 no. Is that's, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, Lord only knows what I, I did without, without you. Yeah, do you know? Mm, that sounds, that sounds, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Why do I know that song? That's, that's, that's Beach Boys, right? Yeah, I, um, I don't know why so I know that song, though. So that's, so that's yeah. Pet Sounds. Okay. Um, so they, they, they come out with that, and then he writes um, Good Vibrations, which is like mm. one of the most- By the way, it that is the crazy- I remember, I've known that forever, and I always just thought it was like, oh, Beast, Beach Boys are corny, right? Yeah. Like, just yeah, like yeah, as yeah. a like a kid. Yeah. And then I like listened to that song, and I'm like- Which one? That, Good Vibrations. Good Vibrations. And I'm like, that's a pop song? Yeah. That song's insane. Good Vibrations. He's got like the Dre whistle in it. Right, yo, like, yo, yo. So this song, so so this look again, just like G funk, right? Like early music nerd stuff, right? Good okay. vibrations, good, good. Yeah, yeah, All right, that might be one of the greatest pop songs ever written. No, like, it's so. it's in that conversation. I need to go back and listen to it. Yo, mm. this this song, this song. It took him six months to record this song. It cost mm. him a half a million dollars to produce this one song. Right? He he what, did, did he get Gunna. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he, he, it was just, it was crazy. Anyway, anyway, the movie goes back and forth between Brian Wilson as, as a kid, as a, as a young man, and then Brian Wilson as he's older. Okay. Actually, because he suffered from this disease and he had a manager who was taking advantage of him. And it just, yeah. you know, it, it talks about how he gets out of that. And he finally puts like his album together anyway. But, but that album just, only came out in like when I was in law school, Smile. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. think it ever he, came out until recently. He was an old man when yeah. he finally like finished got it. over oh, his wow. he he finally got the right like medication, the right mm. care and he's able to like live with this 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 disease. Yeah. But like watch watch Love and Mercy There's just as a music. There's also a Charles nerd. Manson piece to it. Isn't there? I don't remember. I think Charles part. Manson lived at Brian Wilson's house briefly. Mm. I don't remember. Yeah, that there's part. a, there's a, yeah. Is that in the movie too? I, I actually don't remember oh, okay. that part. Okay. So anyway, I forgot where we there's were. There's also but, I watched yeah. this. There's a weird movie about um, that I just stumbled on Amazon Prime. It's about the um, the song Apache by the Incredible Bongo uh-huh. Band. Really? Yeah. Right. It's a whole movie, like only like in the streaming era. But oh. there's a whole like there might be Brian Wilson stuff, but there's yeah. also Charles Manson stuff. Oh. And yeah, it's a it was a cool movie actually. Oh yeah. Because that record is like. Yeah. Pretty pretty huge, right? It's I had, interesting. I had that, that album on my MP3. It's in my MP3. What the Incredible drive. Bongo Band? Yeah, that that yeah. that album that Apache's yeah. on. I yeah. had that. That it's album interesting somewhere. how um how the Fresh Prince gave that 
that record oh life my again, gosh. like a yeah. second life. Yeah. It's crazy because it had already been sampled so much. Well, yeah, yeah it had been used by Grandmaster the... Flash and the Furious Five. That no, was how it was I Sugar, knew it. Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, sorry, yeah, Sugar Hill yeah. Gang. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So sorry. Right. Okay, sidetrack. So no, yeah. yeah so I just so, I had to get that out there. But yeah, but you're talking about how their chemistry and how they kind of put the the record together was was dope. Um, I said you know the skits and samples chosen, which we talked about already. I said length. Yeah. I said both of individual songs and of the entire project. Yes. Um, most of the songs are on there. Cameron was around some really lyrical dudes, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Big L and all these people. This and it's true. like, yeah. you know, it was not that far afield. Doom was not that far away from him, yeah. right? Like, And that's so weird, right? Because when you think, of, you can't think of two artists like as people who are more different. Like Cam is like flashy, ladies yeah. man, street dude, used to hustle, I'm from New York. And like Doom is literally the opposite of that. Nerdy, oh, hey. comic booky, uh, recluse. I don't hey, want the, hey, the. He's a holder of a folder. I mean? He's a money folder. <laughs> money I would bet you. I would wonder, but I would bet you that Doom was a Cameron fan. Oh, probably. Yeah, was. for sure. They've, they've yeah. got to be fans. They've got to be like fans. because like I don't know. There's something like so many like Ken Starr. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. loves Dipset, right? Yeah. And he's a super. Like there's just something about it that's like I don't yeah. know. No, another story. But look, a side note about music. Like, all right, real quick, real quick. Um, you know how they always talk about like the medium or the form that like breaks down like race relations. They talk about like the U.S. military. They talk about sports, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, like this is this is this is what you know caused white people and black people to get to get together, right? It's not that at all. It's music, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you talk about like like all those jazz musicians from the '60s and the '50s, were like it got to a point where like I don't care who you are, like we both respect all this music, right. and the more you start to learn about musicians across genres right. like the types of like country musicians who would be into like a rap album mm-hmm. like when you hear about this and you're like you're kind of surprised that like oh right. this person likes this person right that, right. that goes across the board oh yeah. there's so many different mu- musicians from obscure genres who like music right. that's not theirs at all They're right like, oh yeah i'm totally into that guy. like the like the like the christina aguilera and dj premier oh, album story that. it's such it's an a odd great story album, by the way yeah i haven't even heard it but i've the, heard the, good things i mean there's two discs the first disc is all Primo, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but but this whole story of like, right, like she's she's married to a dude. He's a hip hop head. She yeah. hears, she hears him and she's, she's like, I want beats like that group home album. And it's like, how the <laughs> fuck does Christina yeah. Aguilera know Yo, group but it's home? It's also is, like, right? how did she even like the thing? <laughs> yeah. It says something about her that she was able to think that she could make records to that. Yeah, because I couldn't hear off like. Yeah. You're gonna make like you're a crooner or whatever it is, like right, a big right. voice, and you're yeah. gonna yeah. take those beats it's and do insane. something with them. It's insane. Like, but like, but that you know that that goes to what yeah. you're saying, right? Like it's like this universal unifier that that totally. uh, that you know, yeah, a just, culture. There was this article in the Post, I think, recently about black uh, country music and like mm. how big it's getting. Mm. Like both, it's getting bigger mainstream, but then also in the sort of up and coming. And it was mm. just saying that like, you know, black people in the South. They wanted to be on the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. They weren't allowed to be, yeah. right? Yeah. They listened to it. Everybody listened to it every single weekend, right? right. And yeah. it was like, and I bet yeah. you even the musicians that were in there, the white yeah. musicians yeah. were probably like, why are we not doing yeah. this? Like, yeah. But I mean, it's all it's all crazy. Like, like here's a, a, a weird and random example that you'll probably appreciate because I know I know you guys are WWE fans or whatever, right? I'm, but like, I'm like not, it's like, that's okay. but it's not. But no, I'm is. not either. Peter well, is, oh, but Peter. I oh, okay. but, okay. absorb but, a lot of it. So, yeah. so John Cena has this record that's probably one of the best-selling hip-hop records of all time, right? Well, the like, song that he comes out, it's produced by Jake One, 
They sample MOP's voice at the beginning of it. It's the biggest check that MOP has ever gotten in their career, <laughs> and they're still getting paid from it. Why the fuck does John Cena know who MOP is? John Why is he rapping? Cool dude. dude, he's hella cool. Yeah. He loves hip hop, yeah, right? And that. so it's like these weird worlds where it's like WWE wrestling, white muscle bound dude who kind of likes hip hop. Um, Jake One, who's from freaking Seattle, right? But he's yeah. like one of the greatest hip hop producers of all time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, an MOP, like, where would all of those worlds collide but through music, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and so it's just, just I don't know, bigger, just through culture generally. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like whether it's wrestling or music, or Star Trek, right? Like yeah. people yeah. will just sort of forget about everything else when they're so like just like entertainment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like the thing that America does best, which is like <laughs> our biggest export and the yeah. best one, probably. It's not yeah. steel. It's definitely, yeah. right? it's definitely, it's definitely entertainment. But yeah, um, so so you know, back to accordion. Um, I, I I said you know this joint is incredible. Um, it starts with this you know this this interesting drum groove and this odd accordion tempo, and it's kind of like huh, okay. Yeah, it's got quaz, and I think I started liking quaz maybe because of this album. I don't know if okay. I ever listened to a the unseen until yeah. after this. Was that a good album? Because I, I yeah, heard good is. things about it. It is a good yeah, album. Yeah, I think so. I'm not the biggest Quaz guy. I'm not the biggest fan of Mad Lib as a vocalist. I don't. I don't it might have been. Was it Lupac? Yeah, yeah, Lupac. Um, he was Lupac is, and, and J Lib. You were trying to get me into one of these early Mad Lib projects. I think it was Lupac Sound there. Pieces. They ended up maybe. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't like him. Vocally. I don't. I don't love that. I remember buying that, and it was like in the old days where what? you had to like. I probably bought it on Amazon a zillion the, years ago because it was like you couldn't just buy that at a store. That drum was like 27 songs. Yeah, but, uh, like, but but I don't like Wild Child as a feature as the featured. Rapper? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, didn't I didn't mind Wild was, Child on this project only because he, he reminded me of Jizza. I actually wish it was Jizza. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like going back to like uh, Loot Pack and Planet Asia. Mm -hmm. Like I remember my first forays into hip hop online, like in the late '90s. Mm -hmm. Like Peter was active on this message board. Like his friends started called StrictlyHipHop.com. Uh, yeah, right? I remember Strictly Hip Hop. Yeah. And and this would go on at his radio station. Right. Was it was this ongoing like this backpack. Uh, commercial divide uh -huh. and this fight that Peter would have with people who'd be like, yo, Loot Pack and Planet Asia are so much better than Big Pun. Peter would be like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you, you've lost They're your like, mind. Oh, like, you that's like this not commercial right. stuff. But like Planet Asia yeah. and Loot Pack were sort of like the forefront of yep. underground. Yeah, if you don't man. like this, you, you don't, don't like rap. Right. Why exactly. would you listen to Cameron or Big Pun or Nori or any of this right, other stuff? Right. And like, I think the, they, it was a sort of a divisive moment, yeah. yeah. Right, but yeah. like, no, and, uh, and and I think that what you're talking about kind of echoes what I was talking about in terms of like I used to kind of be on that page. I mean, I appreciated mm -hmm. some of the things that were on the radio, but I was definitely like, nah, like Wu Tang, and I think I was on like RapMusic.com. Okay, I think that was a message board. I okay, think so. I it was know. one of it was something like that. And I used yeah. to write, you know, under Professor Outlaw and Ethan Irate and whatever <laughs> other, you know nicknames I had. But, um, Do you ever go back and read the stuff that you wrote and be like, oh my God, I hate myself? <laughs> some, I did. Some, yeah. some of our bars are I. Uh, no, no, I don't mean lyrics. He's talking I about mean, like, He's talking like, about like, takes. Your, your takes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can see that. I can see myself. Then. I mean, you hope so because you, you should be able to grow, yeah. especially if you're an opinionated person. When I was in college, I was so fucking pretentious. It was the most. <laughs> I watched a videotape I found of myself, like somebody uh, was making something, and I have the tape uh -huh. of me talking about music. And I literally wanted to punch me in the face. So bad. <laughs> what were you talking about? Just like, like about how like like eclectic my taste was. Like uh, I was very into that. I was like yeah. it was like you know proto hipster, right? Uh, like this yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you were like, like I listened to Sade I all day. Dead and Wu Tang. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, not everybody. So like, you an outlaw, Kendrick Spirits. Well, yeah, like, but like in this, like, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, so did everybody else, right? <laughs> right, like, right? You know, like, no, well, I, I, th I think for me, right? I think so. I was kind of rebelling against several ideas here. So one, I think that growing up as like, um, you know, uh, so I'm mixed, by the way. My father's, my father's. African-American, in case you couldn't tell for what I'm about to say. But um, growing up with my black friends, some of the music that I like now, like, you know, I'm wearing, wearing a Beatles uh -huh. shirt. And you're mm -hmm. talking about like Beach Boys. I used to think of like yeah. Beach Boys was corny, right? Yeah. Like, growing up, listening to that, some of that music that my father was listening to and having like ideas about it. And I had these ideas that like all that shit was corny and all that shit was whack and it right. wasn't good music. It was white music. It wasn't like good black stuff or whatever, right? And so like, I'm starting to rediscover these things when I'm in college and I'm yeah. talking about some of these things and I'm like, my friends are actually clowning me. Now, I don't care. Like my feelings aren't hurt, but like they're cracking jokes. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, it's like, all right, y'all are talking about, y'all are talking shit about my musical taste, whatever. Like I'm going to stand by this. And then, and then it's mm -hmm. like, well, let's talk about some of the things that y'all are listening to, right? But the other thing too is that like, like I said, I was talking before about like, you know, the underground hip hop scene and, and coming from rockers and that's real hip hop. Mm -hmm. And I really started to, to to pick some of this stuff apart. And it's just like half of this <laughs> stuff, like y'all aren't really rap talking about anything. Right. So you're talking about how like, oh, you can do this, that and the other. But I'm like, the song isn't about anything. And right, it's just like, right. all right, fine. I get that, um, you know, because I started listening to, to UGK and 3-6 Mafia like, right. around 2002 yeah. when I started to drink. And that just started to make sense to me, right? <laughs> and this was like, all right, we're sitting here and we're clowning 3-6. And I used to clown 3-6, but it's like, yep. they are talking about something. Mm. They're talking about their life. They're taking their life and they're putting it on, on record for us to listen to. This is their life. Right. Who am I to like talk shit about these people and say, that's not hip hop? Y'all aren't talking about anything. You're just <laughs> rapping. Like yeah. they're actually talking about something, right? And I think I was just kind of like rebelling against all these different ideas. And so that's kind of where some of that, I guess, like pretentiousness comes from. Yeah. Those, those, mm. those two ideas, especially at that space we're talking about in college. This is where we're starting to think that, like, oh, no, I'm actually smart about right. something, this, yeah. that, and the other. So that's, you know, we're kind of, some of these ideas just kind of like mold into form, yeah. if you will. So but music is such an identity thing for that people. That it's, I think it's really hard to not get mixed up into. In thinking about what you like and don't like, mm -hmm. it's so mixed up in who you are and who mm -hmm. you want to present, yeah, right? It's and true. it's like, you know, I've always been conscious, I think, of the fact that, especially now online, like, yeah. like that you want to, oh, I'm this guy, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. um, and that's always been music to a certain degree. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you, for those of us, oh, no, I'm above all that. Well, no, you're lying right. also, right? You're yeah. being snooty in a way. Yeah, you're you're right because because yeah. I because I would say that I'm not that, but then but then I I'd think about it right like so we we for our podcast right we, we were certain albums that we listened to and reviewed at one point we said we were gonna listen to the Megan Thee Stallion album right because we talked yeah. about it br we really did. briefly we right did, yeah but I remember in prepping for that I was gonna listen to it I was in my car and I'm like. I, I, as a man, can't be driving down the street <laughs> blasting Megan Thee Stallion, body yaddy yaddy or whatever the body fuck is on the joint, right? Yaddy, yaddy, and yaddy. and so while I call myself this guy who's like, I don't care what people think, I have my own musical taste. 
yeah. there's still some what am I presenting to people? You still have some sort of, nah. you know, way that you want to present yeah, yourself. It, so, yeah. it, says, it says something about you. Yeah. The, the, the good thing, I think, for me, to a certain degree, is in wanting to be this person that's eclectic, mm -hmm. right? And be that, to just sort of lay it all out. Like, it's like, it has forced me, it's made me be like, well, if I'm going to be that, I actually got to be that, right? If I'm <laughs> yeah. going to, like, I can't just, like, because I don't want to be a poser, right? I don't yeah. want to be a kid who's wearing like uh, like an Iron Maiden t-shirt and never listen to Iron Maiden. I was right? the same like, exact way. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's like, it, I bought it's this. It's a lot. Like Ozzy Osbourne sold this like Black Lives Matter shirt that had like, uh, it was the cover art of, um, what's the name of the album? Masters mm -hmm. of... Uh, the only one I have is Paranoid. So Yeah, it's not Paranoid, but it, the way Black Sabbath is written is like pretty iconic. And it says yeah. Black Lives Matter in purple. Right. Well, and okay. it's a dope shirt. And okay. I bought it. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, shout out to yeah. Ozzy. Right. Mm. And then I was like, well, I can't ever wear this shirt if I don't listen to this album because uh, <laughs> like sure. that would be corny. I don't yeah. want somebody to come up to right. me and be like, yo, oh, that I can't even remember the name of it. Masters of Illusion, I think maybe or something. Mm. And like, I feel bad even that that I can't tell you the name, but it's that's like, funny. yeah. Is, uh, is Iron Man on Paranoid? Uh, whatever... I think so, because it's not on this one. The one that's on this one that I knew was a Beastie Boys sample. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, are we are we are we done with America's Most Blunted or getting into Sick Fit? All done. Uh, so 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 moving on to Sick Fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So moving on to Sick Fit. You have uh, any thoughts to, to add to? Um, no, to not really. I'm just funny. You know, I play this game with my with a couple friends of mine who are nerds. Also, one who's a lawyer and one who does a distribution and I'm looking at the play play counts here on yeah. Spotify. We play this game where we'll be like, send a text like, so freak me, right? Uh -huh. And uh -huh. like some somebody will have to guess like how many streams does it have on Spotify? That's insane. So like, I mean, you don't win anything, but like you, yeah, you, you get used to it and you start to figure out sort of what goes. Okay. These numbers are actually pretty crazy. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, looking at whatever version of the album, I'm looking at a 40 at 49 million. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that's an iconic song for sure. Yeah. I mean, but the whole thing, yeah. there's nothing south of five million. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I, I saw a, I saw a short, uh, or I, I heard a short um, kind of clip of Shea Serrano, who, uh, who mm -hmm. also has a podcast and, and, oh, he and does an album books. podcast also, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how, um, he has, uh, I think he has twins that are 14 years old. Oh, I do too. And and one and one of the he he said he you know he asked his kids like yeah you know what kind of music do you listen to what do you like to listen to and he said he'll ask them periodically like who's your favorite rapper and so he said he was asking them like yeah who's your favorite rapper and one of them said MF Doom and he's like 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 in a, in a list of people like Gunna and yeah, I, I don't know this person and that person and it's like MF Doom and he's like how do you how do you know about MF Doom. <laughs> And so basically he was saying that um I think I think it was a girl. So I think she she said that um yeah like he's really big on TikTok. Mm. And she's like she's like he's like what do you mean like 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 is it like his music video on TikTok or like how how is it on TikTok? And she said that like essentially I guess there's like TikTok where people like show off their musical taste. Mm, yeah, yeah. So like, it'll just be the song playing in the background and they're showing you that that's what they listen to. Yes. Mm. And so apparently like MF Doom is like one of the most popular artists in this genre of like teenagers showing that they have musical chops. And so I there's like a that. whole generation of teenagers it's, that yeah. learned about Doom off of TikTok. It's wild. Well, but my daughter's like big into like, she's into like lo-fi. Okay. And yeah. I'm like, oh, Doom yeah. is sort of like the original loaf. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's so whole... I'm not surprised. Right. No, but it's funny, though. I was at like, 
I don't know, 2000 something, 17, maybe I was at Rolling Loud. Mm -hmm. um, and this was around the time, like, like XXX, one of his first performance okay. were there. So yeah. this was SoundCloud rap. Okay. I yeah, met this yeah. kid, um, Wi-Fi's Funeral, who was one okay. of those SoundCloud rappers from Florida. Right, right. And I'm talking to him and he has a Doom tattoo. And he's like tattoo. 20. That's and I'm crazy. like, oh, you're into Doom? He's like, yo, that's my favorite artist. And I'm like, this is like Florida rap, like yeah. SoundCloud rap. And like, that's crazy. you know, XXX Tentacion was probably a Doom fan. Right. Like, all these kids, this is, this for whatever is, reason, yeah. like... It's insane. And he's a guy that's like Jay-Z's age. Right. And I think he's more important to an up-and-coming uh, generation of artists Absolutely. than Jay-Z. Right? Crazy. By... Like, they don't think Jay-Z is cool. They think Doom's cool, right? Like, interesting. maybe look, I'm just saying that because I want to be cool, but... <laughs> no, no, look, David, who used to do our TikTok, although he hasn't yeah. been able to, to do that recently, but he uh -huh. actually wanted us to do this album. Okay. Um, This is one of his requests for us to do, and I told uh -huh. him why we had to put it off a little bit. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, like I said, he's really into Doom. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing, too, about it is that, like, those artists that you mentioned, mm -hmm. when I said I started to realize, it's like, oh, they're they all kind of are derivative of doom. Yeah. Those are some of the artists that I'm talking about. Yeah. And like that's all the odd future kids. Yeah. Right. Oh, like yeah, yeah. they're literally like, that's their, yeah, that's, that's who their they guy. are. And that I mean, makes sense. I mean, when you look at Tyler, like that makes sense. Yeah. Um, have you seen that video, uh, that went viral to maybe a few years back of most deaf, just, Oh, fangirling, so yeah. fangirling oh, over, so, I was over watching that doom. today. I love yeah, that video. I mean, it's a great video, but I mean, it just, you know, it shows just how like, that appreciation, you know, crosses yeah. generations. Yeah, generations, right? yeah. Yeah, so it's like that's most. most def, we we fit. We're fangirling about most deaf, and right. most yeah. deaf is fangirling about. Right, it's like MF Doom. He's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper yes, for like right. a lot of different people's not favorite Fonte, rappers. But MF Doom, I respect it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I had to put the shots. I'm not a big fan of, of uh, Fonte. Oh really? That's yeah, my he's guy. a Fonte hater. I yeah. love Fonte. I, I, he's I one of the most talented. Pound for pound, yeah, I just he's one of the most talented dudes out. It's care. hilarious, actually. So, um, my boy Kile, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, Kile and Zaire, they uh, they put out mixtapes and stuff in the um, in the early you know aughts. Uh, but yeah, so Kile did uh, a, a song with uh, with Fonte on on his his mixtape that, mm -hmm. that he put out, and um, he was telling me about how like they 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 flew all the artists out, you know, to shoot a couple of videos in L.A. because he he, I think he I think he's he's from the Bay, but they they were doing it in L.A. But anyway. Um, he was like Fonte was so funny that like oh, yeah, they had to that, they yeah. had to like pause multiple takes yeah. like oh, dude because he was he was had people laughing so hard they were crying yeah and he was like if if Fonte wanted to be a comedian like he could have an actual career as a comedian oh, he's a multi hyphenate yeah. <laughs> I'm not like yeah. I've spent a lot of decent amount of time with that guy he yeah. is hilarious That's what they he's a good that. guy yeah. and. uh Super talented songwriter. I love his uh, his stuff with Foreign Exchange. I talked, yeah, actually, yeah. I like him more with the, with Foreign Exchange. Than with Little yeah. Brother. Yeah, I, um, as an MC, he just he just doesn't do it for me. Um, yeah, but but again, yeah, anyway. it's an it's a, it's an instance where a lot of people like bring that stuff to me. They're like, oh, like you should like this, like that Mitchell mm -hmm. show. And yeah. I was just like, I mean, I, I guess it's fine. But I'm it's fine. Do you ever hear the joint that he did? Um, it was called Fonte and Eccentric: The Story of Us, mm -mm. where it's like this little dumb mixtape they made when they were uh, like kids uh -uh. and they're like basically it's like this little story where they're like uh, it's, it's sort of like um a prince among thieves prince Paul, really? really but it's a joke and it's like this rapper try or it's sort of like spinal tap where it's like they're Have rappers and they're trying uh -uh. to make oh, it, to it and they keep uh -huh. trying like different stuff it's like well first we went like 
And then, you know, wasn't working as an underground rapper, so we tried to go down south. And then they wait, make this. Wait, so he did this before before Little Brothers? It was probably around the same or, time. Okay. okay. And he has this song, and it's just yeah. like this, like, it's like, girl, look at your ass. Your uh, ass is so fat. Right? Like, but he does it for every genre. Like, he does this, crazy. like, so it's type, like, like, super, so like. So it's, it's kind of like uh, Tanya Morgan, the hardcore gentleman thing? I, I don't know that though. Oh, Tanya Morgan. Love, but I believe I bet yeah. it is because that's like Tanya Morgan. Like they're they hilarious. Used, they used by to the do way. this thing where like they would have they would have like one to two skits on on each like album by this group that was like a hardcore group that's like you know what's what's popular. So they're making fun of what's popular. And so uh, one of them was a. Uh, a uh, hardcore gentleman, rugged and smooth. Hardcore gentleman, rugged yeah. and smooth. And then they come on like, like it, on some like '90s rapper shit. It is, like, it's, it's, girl, your ass is mad fat. We blah blah. <laughs> it's it's like that, and um, but it's the entire project is that them. Is hilarious. It's, it's just is, different this, angles. This is Fontaine who eccentric. I might oh, be on Spotify. Huh. Anyway. Have you uh, have you ever heard the expression "turn it up to 11? Yeah. No. Oh, from Spinal Tap. Yeah. Spinal in Tap. fact, all right. So, man, this is going to be a spoiler if you ever watch it. But basically, mm -hmm. Spinal Tap was one of the first, like, mockumentaries. Okay. Right? And it's basically, it's following this. Look, I'm, I'm cutting all this stuff out. Yeah. So this is just talking. Cool. But it's following, like, a like a glam group from a glam, uh, like, an like English rock. glam rock okay. group from, like, the 80s, right? And well, but there are, like, a lot of different things along yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And as the as 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 mockumentary starts, it's like, oh, they, are, they actually have fans. Like, they're going on tour. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the tour, it's like, they've got, like, two fans in the audience or whatever. Like, no one, no one likes them anymore. But okay. one of the things that they've done is, like, they're, they're going into, like, their studio and they're talking about, oh, oh, like, oh, we have our amp. So when we bring it on stage, like, everybody else, like, you know, their dog goes up to 10, but our goes up to 11. Mm -hmm. And a documentary filmmaker who's, um, oh, what is the it's guy's Christopher name? Guest. No, no, um, no. It's the the, the famous director. guest of the band. Uh, um, who's the director? Um, oh my God, Rob Rob Reiner. Yeah, yeah, Rob yeah. Reiner. It's Rob Reiner. He asked him. He's like, "Well, why don't you just like make ten louder?" And the guy's like, "But I'll just go up to 11. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and, and the thing the thing is, the joke is so prominent that if you go on IMDb, yeah, it is the only only movie in their whole database. And instead of being like an eight point ten out of uh, 8.1 out of 10. Oh, it's 11. So 8.1 out of 11. That's, I right. that's that. so it's hilarious funny. hilarious that they did that. That's funny. Yo, it's so, not, yeah. to, not to like sound flossy, but like I was at a boxing, I was at a fight party at uh -huh. Tyrese's house. Was, mm. I wasn't the only one. There's a lot of people there. <laughs> okay. And, um, but he wanted to show Peter around his studio. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, but this one goes to 11 moment. Right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. it was like the Tyrese version of it. Right? Uh, like, that's um, but All yeah. Right. All right. All right. Um, so are we going to get into uh, the Do Not Fire? Yeah. So we have a, this is SEC with no change you ever heard. Uh, the it's only a great line, by the way. It's so dope. I think the um the 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 only other thing I want to say is for for folks listening, anybody who had the bootleg and knows what I'm talking about with it, that it was called Powerball Five. Make sure you say that in the comments so I don't sound like I'm crazy. Was there joints <laughs> that were like cut off in the bootleg? Am I making? That yeah, up? there were. They, all the songs weren't on there. Like, well, no, but I mean, like, where it like would cut off. Mid oh, I think so because my because when Stones Throw released their like "Sorry Guys," but you ha you need to actually yeah. buy the album. In the statement, they said the version that you all have was for the reference of the artist, so they could hear it. Right, right. But it wasn't the how we intended to release it. So I think some of the songs were cut off. Yeah, I just yeah. And they said they, they said in in the, in the part the thing that I read that um 
they they re-recorded like all the records for the the the, the version that's out now because um when Doom recorded it the first time around, he had like a like a like a louder like like the young like a young Biggie like early ready to die Biggie like he was he had like mad energy, and then they re-recorded it. Kind of tight, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he re-recorded it like like a more laid back flow, and they so liked that one better. Song, by the way. Oh, I just love that Man. he's like that song. He's sort of transitioning from old Biggie to new yes, Biggie. Yes, exactly. And so you get yeah. both on the same right. Like he's yeah. like it's like the party and bullshit Biggie exactly. against the warning Biggie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. We talked about that on the, re the Ready to Die. Love episode. that song. Yeah. My man, yeah. who's not like a huge rap fan, he's just a huge music fan, but he loves yeah. rap also. He couldn't believe that that was two different rappers when he heard it. Yeah. That it wasn't two different rappers. Oh, yeah. Like he didn't, yeah. he was like, yo, both of those guys are Biggie. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like crazy. Super talented. And and this is random, but something that that is, is on that tangent. I was thinking about reasons why Biggie's the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> And one of them he, that nobody that bro. nobody ever mentions, he wrote everybody in Junior Mafia's rhymes. Right, yeah. right. So it's like imagine imagine being you know I don't know you're 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 writing first person something first person, and then you write first person for That's every so other nice. character in the room. So yeah. what would what would Nick think? Okay, let me write down what Nick's thinking. Yeah. Okay, so now what would Outlaw say in this conversation? What like you're having conversations say, right? with yourself, like. He was a fucking genius to be yeah. that amazing by himself and then write an, an album for his whole crew where he yeah. wrote from everybody's perspective is amazing. It, uh, so, yeah. Nah, yeah. Look, you, he, you know me. I can wax poetic all day about how I think he's a goat. So, yeah. like, the actual. That's goat. a whole nother. Yeah. I mean, it's been had a lot of times, but you don't want to say that right. to Tupac, man. They get really upset. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Oh, I meant to I meant to actually bring this up. Okay. Um, and obviously, this is not going on the podcast. Um, can I put the other? Should I cut the other part that we just mentioned too, or not? I don't really care. It's up to yeah. you. you. Just throw whatever you want at All the right. end, and I'll, I'll figure it out. So uh, last month, I was in um, I was in New York with my fiance because she was running the New York City half marathon, whatever, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And uh, we were in Brooklyn, and so we walked down on one of the quarters. Um, I think we were like around Fort Greene. I forget, oh my god, I fucking forget the name of the the, the street. Mm -hmm. But like, you you you're walking there, and you. I see like the same streets that like Biggie used to rap on because I mm -hmm. recognize yeah. the documentary. Like St. James and all that. And and it's like, all right, it's like gentrified, but a lot of that shit is still there. And mm -hmm. like Biggie is my favorite rapper. Right. And I'm walking on these streets and I'm just like, yo, like the greatest rapper of all time. Like used like these were his stomping grounds. <laughs> right. And I'm sitting here like I'm sitting here rapping in my head like, you know, uh, you know, you see me hustling down on Fulton Street, making loot, knocking boots on the regular. Like, yeah. the, like that's the one where he's where he's got that battle on the street with the dude. Right, right, like, right. Whatever, right? And I'm just like, yo, imagine what it would have been like. Like, and he's 6'3 and big. Mm. Just like, you're the you're the greatest rapper alive right now and you know it. Right. You used to walk like, the man is like, like a god in a sense, right? Yeah. Like, and then I'm actually starting to pay attention. Biggie's face is everywhere in Brooklyn, at least where mm -hmm. we were. Mm -hmm. His face is everywhere. Yeah. Like Jay-Z's face isn't there. And it reminds me, it reminds me of when like when I was in Cuba, right? Like, okay. all right, Cuba, we think of Fidel Castro. Mm -hmm. His face isn't everywhere. Che Guevara's face is no, everywhere. No, which is crazy in Cuba. because yeah, he's tangentially but, but, related to Cuba, but, but right? Does, I mean, but, like, but does Rivera was he's Argentinian, but he was one of the revolutionaries. Revolutionaries, right? But, yeah, but, yeah. but does some of that come from the fact that the person is no longer with? So us? I thought about that. Yeah. I thought about that. Yeah, but Fidel had an opportunity for everybody to hate him, right? Which is exactly. like, whereas Che is like, 
You know, it's like the whole like James Dean, right? Like yeah. it lives. You, you know, you live die, forever. Die a hero or live yeah. long enough to be a villain. I thought about that though, yeah. but that's not. That might be the case in the United States. But if you actually think about like gods in the human sense of how uh -huh. we worship our idols, whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like Diego Maradona is a god in Napoli. Oh yeah, and he fell. Mm -hmm. And, hard and and he he didn't die until what like five or six years ago right, in right. the 80s his face was painted everywhere that's true. and i was thinking about like i'm, I'm an arsenal fan mm -hmm. i was talking to someone and um they're a liverpool fan and I was, I was like why is trent alexander arnold like why is he still wearing number 66 on the back normally like mm -hmm. that's a that's like an academy number when you get bigger you you end up going down to like the lower numbers that's mm -hmm. just the way it is in soccer right and he's like oh yeah you know like i came up that was my number and then people started painting my picture on these murals on these walls with 66 on the back. It's like, now that's just who I am. Like, that's mm. my whole thing. Mm. But it made me think about the fact that it's like, he's still alive. Mm. He's only like 24 years old. And he's got people painting his picture everywhere. But and bro, so it's that's, just like, that's rare. There's like there's like less than a handful of people you can name like that. Like Michael Jordan maybe is one. But, but like Kobe's a good example, right? Yeah. Like like Kobe is, Kobe is, is like this luminary figure at this yeah. point. But when Kobe was alive, there was all this like debate about like, oh, is he is he a bootleg Jordan? Yeah. Is he really as great as we think he is? The young kids loved him. So I mean, I think you know, I think some I of it has to do with the fact the that the Tiger's he's, still an he's icon, still, you know, like yeah, in that way. Like I, even I was watching yesterday. I mean, he yeah. is the story, yeah, right? Like, true. and I can't watch golf if Tiger's not playing. So that's yeah. just me. Yeah, he melted but down. The other thing too, though, I didn't hear any Jay Z. I heard I heard Biggie at least five times a day coming out of, of uh, yeah, just in people's cars. I heard Biggie. All over the place, and it yeah. just made me think. I was like, "Yo, like the dude, the dude really is like the, the god king of there. Brooklyn." Yeah. Anyway, all right, um, all right. I'm not gonna put that on the podcast. I literally yeah. just wanted to share that. Oh, Have you ever done so uh, a Biggie album? Yeah, oh, we did. We oh. did uh, "Life After Death" and "Reason." And he's my After favorite Death. MC. "Life After Death" is my favorite album, probably. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it's. Do you like it better than "Ready to Die"? I do, and he doesn't. I. Do. I... It's interchangeable for me. I think it's one of the greatest albums of all time. So, it's got to be my top three. I think there's a great album there. Like, in it. <sighs> Come on, man. No, I even, mean... Oh, even like the I, filler, oh. even the not good stuff is good, is, is great. I mean, the good... I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a great album. G give me five songs that you would absolutely cut. I'd have to look at what the yeah. songs are. Maybe <laughs> play a hater. Maybe. Yeah, but it's a skit to me. And I, we talked about that on the episode. My my top uh, five are just real quick. My top five are uh, most of Black on Both Sides. I'm not sure if this is in any particular order, but Black on Both Sides, uh, Ready to Die, and Life After Death, Wu Tang Forever, and if it's not Supreme Clientele, then it's like maybe like Riding Dirty or something like that. Riding Dirty. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll I think I think too. actually the first five I, I named I think are my favorite hip hop albums ever. My number one favorite album of all time is Main Source Breaking Adam. Oh wow! Okay, but you're older. I don't know than, why. You're older than we are. Yeah, yeah, I just love it. No, no, 100. percent Because because that's the, that's the joint with Live at the Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what no, we're, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not because I, I can't but, imagine being because I mean I'm, I'm I'm younger, so I can't imagine being a hip hop fan and hearing Streets Disciple, My Raps a Trifle in real time when the shit came out. I, I probably would have. My mind would have been blown. <laughs> so I can imagine. My brain just like the right You know what? It is a really good album. I guess the one I could get rid of, I love the death. Yeah. But I, I don't hate it so much that I that you know yeah. say my name, I'll make him dash like Dame. Hey. Yeah. Jay Z's on it too. Yeah. I love anyway. Miss You though. 
Yeah. And the bones I like, I like the crazy. Shit, yeah. Yo, that's another song. That doesn't start for like an hour. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. It's like literally a, it's like, like a minute and a half and then and then they start rapping. Dangerous. It's, like, it's, dangerous. Like, it's, it's like when I make a beat and try to make everything come in for a long time. Like it's like let the beat build by Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Have you done that album? The Carter Three? No. We did the Carter but, One. Yeah. Carter I, we one did was Carter a really one, good album. And I thought it was great and underrated, but I don't know what that, was Carter One or Carter Three? Carter One. Carter yeah. One was great. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, like, I think everybody talks about Carter Two, but I think Carter One is the I underrated. There's some stuff that was sort of like uh, a miss on Carter Two. Like, I think I by the Carter time Carter Two happened, it, the, the the his name was so big that he could do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, Carter One yeah, was one yeah, of those yeah. albums that it was like from the lawn, from that message board, that somebody yeah. was just like, because people were not really sort of on exactly. one side of a of, of a divide. Like, right. if somebody was just like, "Yo, this album's crazy," and I wouldn't have found my way to a little way now yeah exactly on its own but i yeah. heard that and i was like, I was like oh wow. yo i love that and that also put me on how great manny fresh is and yeah. how hilarious he is like <laughs> he's just like, ethnic peoples and torcas yeah he's, just, he's one <laughs> of the funniest dudes like yeah. i think fonte and manny fresh would make an amazing album that's hilarious it probably would supposedly most definitely manny fresh did an album and we never Are heard you it serious you remember that yeah, they they kept they kept like advertising that it was gonna come out, but this is around the time that Most Def moved to like Africa or something, yeah. and he was like gone. And and then I don't think he's in the United States still. I think he yeah. can't come into the United States. So I think yeah, he I think, re he revoked his citizenship, yeah. right? Was that real? Because I because I, I, I remember seeing sure Talib Kweli say that that was that was a lie. I don't know. Yeah, well, Doom hadn't been yeah. in the United States for a long time either when he died. Yeah, mm. that's interesting. But yeah, there's a there's a Manny Fresh Most Def album somewhere. That's crazy. Yeah. Yo, you know what I think most like? You know how like Kanye does all those little projects with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most would never do it because Kanye is like his little brother, right? Well, the Most Def, if Kanye was like, we're gonna do five songs together, we, we said this. That would be crazy. Oh, I, I said this on the um when we did the New Danger. Mm -hmm. And I and I was talking about the two Kanye productions on there, and yeah, I was I like, like, I was, songs, yeah, yeah, you didn't like them, and yeah. I was like, yo, they should have done like their own side project. You should have done it when he did like project. Push the T, when he did that summer, yeah, like, oh, the seven S song, where he did thing. like multiple but albums, but he, like, but he failed Kid on Cuddy, most of them. Push the T. To be totally honest with you, I think in that period of time he was off his meds and he was manic and he was working the too Pusha furiously. Was good, the Push the album was great, and the and the Tiana Taylor, the bookends. Yeah. yeah, and everything in the middle was the Nas and the Kanye were yeah, and the Kid Cudi. Yeah. Sidebar: Did you know that he may still that Pusha T lived in Bethesda? Who Pusha T? He lives in Bethesda. He might have sold his house because I looked it up recently. I think he probably does. And the reason I say that is because he bought Kitsuin that um that spot on H Street. That's oh, his spot. Oh, he owns it. With, yeah, he um, owns what's that his joint. Name? With a, yeah, uh, another dude. Yeah, I know exactly who you mean. Mm. Yeah, so. La he might have sold this place in Bethesda. I don't know if that mm. means that because I was looking up like the property records yeah. to confirm whether it was true, but he definitely did. He had a townhouse. Yeah, yeah he crazy. definitely lives in the area, got married. I isn't his wife's name Virginia? Uh, might be. Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. And she I mean, it wasn't. He loves like, Virginia. He loves Virginia, man. Was, no, he won't live there. He, he loves Virginia place. so much that he named he, he married a woman named Virginia. Well, you know, Virginia. This <laughs> the, yeah, the only one thing to do. It, that's cook. Yeah. Apparently. You know? But yeah, all right. So. All right. Uh, so now we get into Hardcore Hustle featuring Wild Child, and we don't even have an appearance from Quaz or from, uh, from MF Doom One here. Yeah. But I, I like this beat because it's kind of like the old school hip hop, like sampling, like, mm. you know, the funk era, James Brown. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is a James Brown clip. I think it is. Say the knock it off. She had to set the rocket off. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, all of the, um, the you know, the like little uh, chick from Maryland, I made her throw the towel in or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's just like killing it in that second verse. By the way, so, yeah. I found I finally found that quote. 
with the right search terms. It's right. unfortunately, it's from a Pitchfork review, and Pitchfork's so snooty, and I can't stand it sometimes. But it is a quote. I'll I'll send you the link. Okay. And the, the exact quote is, uh, "On Untitled, you get to decide whether you prefer Nas thoroughly exploring half-ass concepts or half-assedly exploring thorough concepts." <laughs> that's perfect, and that's it the is. perfect album for that. Yeah. Because oh remember that because remember the album was supposed to be called the N-word and yeah. then like they oh, yeah. yeah. What about hip hop is dead? Like what was that? And then he just was like, Yeah, never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> and I still gotta hear people say, Well, no, I said hip hop's dead. It's like, yeah. no, he didn't. He didn't say anything. Who he cares? didn't say anything at all about that. All right. Cool. Um, all right, so now we get into I and uh featuring Stacey Epps. And apparently I have like interesting thing I feel like this is an album that's gonna be one of those albums where we talked about this when um when your girl came, uh, when we did the box set that the Smithsonian did for like yeah. the hip hop oh, yeah, songs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you're you're looking for certain things to validate or invalidate this person's perspective. Yeah. So like, if you see villainy on the list, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe they know what they're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? If you yeah. don't see it, you might be like, maybe they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Hundred greatest albums and Mad Villainy is not on the list. Hmm. Maybe this person doesn't know what they're talking about. I forget. What, did they have anything from Villainy on the record? No. No, they did not. I, I, I like that whole. I mean, I would have wanted it. Believe me. Like, yeah. I think that's a cool thing. It makes me yeah. happy. But yeah. a lists are sort of like you're yeah. making decisions as to what stays and what goes, yeah. right? Yeah. And like that's gonna have political. I don't mean like politics, yeah, but it's gonna have ramifications yeah. for yeah. a long time to come. Yeah. And uh, like I said, the thing about Main Source, it's like I love that album. I always have. Right. Uh, there are albums of that period that would fall into lists mm -hmm. it's not yeah. right now maybe it's like, i i just like it too much you know, it but falls, I'm also, it falls in people's lists you yeah. know but like yeah. the point is sometimes you'll just notice things that have just been this is not for the podcast just been like omitted from the canon for whatever reason and you're yeah. just sort of like why yeah, yeah how true. did this not make it through yeah. right yeah you know, like Chub Rock. Like, why is mm. nobody ever talk? Like, he was dope. He had some that's big true. records. Like, that's true. you never hear the records played, right? Yeah. It's just gone, right? Yeah, it's strange. But Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, like, mm. like It Takes Two, it's a evergreen, right? Well, that's see, all right, so here's where... Treat him right, that's true. Yeah, I mean, but that was like, that was getting played on daytime radio here. Yeah. And that, and the Chubster, right? And I'm mm. not saying that he's the best example, but it's just... Kind of random. Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing. I don't want to counter your point because I agree with your point. But on those two specific songs, I'm just not sure if I Maybe. agree. Heavy only D. because, well, uh, that's a okay, point. that's that's a better example. But like yeah. those two, only fat rappers. What's <laughs> going on there? <laughs> those two specific songs, though. Like he and I, I don't know if he still does, but I, I don't anymore. But I used to go out to like lounges and, and nightclubs all the time, and like. If a DJ was doing like an old school set, I would always hear those songs. Oh, Rob, really? Yeah, Rob Bass and Chubb Rock. It takes always. two for sure. Oh, yeah, Rob yeah, Bass, sure. I'm saying, is like there. Like, mm -hmm. that's always going to be yeah. there. Yeah, but like, treat him right. Treat him right as well. Like, I would hear those oh, songs yeah, you as well. That? Oh, so you're saying, you're saying that you would hear Rob Bass and yeah, not... Yeah, you're oh, saying, saying why one and not like, the other. And Rob Bass, that was a much bigger song. Yeah. yeah. But it's also sort of like randomly a hit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's similar uh, too. Like, this, the, the aesthetic is similar. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, we we uh, uh, you should you should if you have a chance check out the episode where we interviewed uh, his friend from the Smithsonian because yeah. we oh, asked really? we yeah. asked all these those questions you're talking about like why did you choose this and why not this was there politics around it were there labels involved like we asked like all the were, were there sample clearance issues like and she 
you know, for the most part, like had insights on on all those things. That's yeah. interesting. Well, there's yeah. a whole board and stuff. They have like a hip hop board. Well, yeah. So here's the thing, though. That. She was actually one of the few people who worked on the project who wasn't like an official person, whatever, that actually mm-hmm. got producer credit. Mm. Um, and I think she left. She's the, in a, she works for the Smithsonian. No, 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 no. She did. She she, she left did. before the they project was 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 published but she still did enough that she got producer credit on it so had the album like won a grammy or anything like right. that like she would have an award yeah. um i will make sure to forward that episode to you yeah because that, was very insightful. that is uh i was actually thinking about the kennedy center has a board of like prominent people uh, that are like they're well, hip-hop the, but the smithsonian yeah. went through that whole like similar process, process like there were yeah. people on the board and i think like, like um, love was associated well, what's what's him called was the main uh, dude chuck d, uh, chuck d chuck was d, like yeah. was right like there like the main dude yeah and it's, it said he was like sitting in the in the meetings like no we want this or no we need that yeah but yeah. it's like you know who died and put chuck d in charge yeah, that's the tough you know especially yeah. with chuck d who's so and i don't mean this in a bad way yeah. is so decidedly has a particular perspective right, right. like he's a little bit like somebody like q-tip i think is a little bit more like you know he's kind of like yeah. more oh, like chuck d i would feel like well i don't know it's, but that project like, is very 80s centric yes right? I think and like that's why four or five of the disc have is like all like 80s music right. and then you get into like the arts is like like a half a disc. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we ask those questions too. Yeah, yeah mm. but the, I mean, it's funny actually. One thing we didn't get to talk about. We, we're not recording still, are we? Oh, we we're still recording. Oh, well, this is something. Is the run of music that was going on at this time, by the yeah, way? That's like, true. this was like, I, I was looking at like the albums that came around. So I was trying to yeah. think about where I was. Yeah. And it's like, you're talking about, I took notes. It's like, and a lot of this is uh, doom scented. King Ghidorah, June 03. Vaudeville Villain, September 03. Mm-hmm. J Lib, October 03. Mm-hmm. College Dropout, February 04. Uh, Ghostface, Pretty Tony, April 04. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jada Kiss, Kiss of Death, which has Y, mm-hmm. which was amazing. June 04. Lloyd Banks, Victor Vaughn, 213. Handsome yeah. Boy Modeling School, yeah. TI. Doom again. These are just Cameron, right? Mm-hmm. right? The game. Like, this is all in one, one period of yeah. time. And it's like, rap is in all these different places. Oh, yeah. The South is starting to get, like, the real attention it deserves, yeah. finally. Yeah. And it's like, it's this almost like this, like, sort of things are just starting to go, like, bling, That's like, true, all man. over the place, right? That's true. That's true. But, but you know, even though, so, like, even though you're having these kind of regional moments, because in, in 05, we would have the um, the Texas run where Houston yeah. went crazy. And then and then later that year, we would have the, the Bay Area run where E-40 and Too Short all of a sudden get this national recognition, right? But, like, despite all that, th- there still was a bit of a formulaic and, you know, kind of radio shot to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this is decidedly not that. Correct. And that's really interesting, you know? Okay. Great period. I just realized what a great period of time it was, actually. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, people always talk about like 1992, right? Like, and we like talk that about 1998 a lot. Yeah, yeah. like, and the, the like this is like pretty. There's a lot going on right then. There's definitely a lot going on. I I don't know that we loved everything. Yeah, like you talk about you talk about yeah. the game G Unit. Yeah. I know you don't he like it. I'm not using it and yeah, all that. I don't yeah. like the game as a human, but I but I, oh, I think that his album abhorrent. Great. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. so so annoying. Yeah, Have you done um you? You didn't do, uh, did you do Get Richard I Trying or no? We, we have been. Shea Serrano, the one episode of his podcast that I listened to about the albums was that one. Where? Was it good? Yeah, it was good, but that's like one of my favorite albums. Yeah, that would be interesting. Also. It would be interesting to tackle, but I think we'd have to bring on somebody who's like super passionate about it. 
Well, what I will say is that I've never actually listened, sat down and listened to the album. Yeah, really? I feel like I know every single song on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's such a good album, exactly. dude. Like the, yeah. the where were you, I mean, this is like 2003. Yeah. So the it where were you is very, very yes. pointed. Yes. Oh, we yeah, were, yeah. I we were it. in college yes. when this shit came out. Right. So I was, yeah. just imagine. It, like, it was everywhere. Airways, anywhere yeah. you were. You, you hang out with the girls, they listening to it. You mm. hang out with the, 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 the thugs, they they listened to a Basketball team listening to it. Everybody was listening to it. The and, but, East school yeah, nerds were listening every, to it. It was everywhere. But it's like, you. I kind of hate to say, given how huge he, he is and how bad that record was, that it's as good as it is to me. Yeah. Like that, it, and it still makes a good record. Yeah. My least favorite thing is when white people say 50 Cent. Oh, God. I fucking hate that. <laughs> it's literally, oh, you like 50 Cent? It's like, shut up. <laughs> but no, I, I don't. I like 50 Cent. That's what people call them. I've never heard anybody say that. But right. yo, but yo, last thing about this. Sorry, I guess Shaw right. Money has to get more credit as an executive producer. Oh, I think because so. Because when Shaw Money was no longer in the picture of the 50 thing, it all kind of fell apart in terms of those, those big albums that people were interested in. Some I, of it was the persona, but some of it was the quality. Yeah, and it's also like, the thing about 50 that was great was 50 is such a good songwriter that he, he didn't really need big name producers to work with. Right. And Shaw Money XL was finding him the exactly. tracks that were by these guys that are like ill mind at right. the time. Exactly. Where it's like, Nobody yeah, I'm paying $5,000 for this beat, but exactly. I know my guy is going to kill it no matter what. Right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that He's was when he put, the, he, put that, he put that whole little uh, management group together, Shaw Money Management. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And he had like a whole stable of guys like you're talking about. Like, like even that dude Moss who did the. Um, the kilo beat on uh, on Ghostface Fish mm -hmm. Scale. Yeah. It's like some random kid from Toronto, you know, in a, or, or that, something. Right. In a, and it's like, pay him a little bit of money, and then you're going to go put this on this release that does a million copies. And think about, like, when he did, like, AO Technology. Like, it's a bad song. And, like, Timberland's a great producer. Yeah. He's one of the best. You're and 50, right. And it's like, you're right. It's like, just if, too much. Right. It's like, I'm going to pay this guy half a million dollars to make me AO Technology, or I'm going to pay Moss $5,000 right. to make yeah. me Kilo. And it's overdone. <laughs> and, like, it's like 50 doesn't even shine on it because right. I think he's out overweighted by Timberland's amazing production, but yeah. it doesn't, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just like the opposite of synergy, right? Like, it's over engineered. I just realized that when we did our year our year end uh, awards one of the years, I told you about IDK, mm -hmm. and I was like, I was like, yo, you should listen to this kid, like, blah, yeah, blah. that's why I knew he's the from name. PG County, yeah, yeah. So it's dope he that he's your client. Rap I didn't know him. he was your client. He's dope. Yeah, he's that one project that he has where he's in the orange jumpsuit and oh, it starts yeah. like, PG County Police, blah, 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 yeah, blah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the one I was trying to get him to listen oh, okay. to. Okay, yo, he is. He's dope. One of the dope. Like he's a yeah. great rapper. Okay. Also, huge Doom fan. Uh, exactly. Yo, this is amazing. Doom generation. story. Doom. So he has two Doom features, right? IDK does. Mm -hmm. huh. One was from one project, and one I was from. I do remember seeing Doom's name on one of his and projects. And they paid for it two times. It's the same bars. They just took the IDK, like, because what he sent so they over just didn't even think was about basically it. like. Sort of like what you were describing with uh, uh, with the mask thing. Or no, the, with or the um, live performance. With 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 no 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 with uh that he would give to um the guy that we're talking about, Mad Lib. Mad Lib. Yeah. Um, like he just sent stuff over, and Jay was able to sort of like take it, and they were able to sort of cut it cut into it two different verses, right? That he used. Wow. But he paid him twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's like such like that's the funny thing about Doom, man. He was like he was definitely a rapper, right? Yeah. Like in terms of like. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, do you ever hear the story about Andre 3000? 
No. no. Andre wanted him for a verse. And he said no? He said, I want 100 racks. Well, he doesn't like Andre? or he No, he was just money. like, I'm not doing it unless I get 100 racks. Well, yo, he was saying that on this, on this other interview where they asked him about this album, about a Villainy, and he was like, um, they were like, yeah, you know. So he, he said, yeah, I went to Cali to do this album, and my, my son had just been born, so then I went back to spend time with my, my son. And they were like, yeah, okay, so when you're playing with your son, like, do you, are you like coming up with bars and stuff like that in your head? And he was like, nah, fuck that shit. I only rap to get paid. Right. He's like, if I'm not getting paid, I'm not rapping. Like, oh no! Like, and I think like, that that's like so. People love the mystery of, of him not showing up to shows, but I think part of it was just like I can get away with it. I'm not gonna go, right? Like, <laughs> fuck this! Like, it's so weird because there's so much lore around him that you would think that he's like just this like purist, and you know we no, ascribe so many things to him yeah. that are probably our own values. hundred percent. He's just I some think, dude that's like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Like, okay. All right, well, I think well, we, we got enough uh, material here, so yeah. I think that'll wrap it up. So I'll for be on our two episodes. podcasts. This is amazing. Yeah, you want two episodes? Yeah. Oh my god! Well, I will come do this with you guys whenever you want. Oh, that, <laughs> that, if you want love, me, like I could do this all day. Shit, yeah, I know you can man. tell you. Probably <laughs> brewing the day that you decided to. Uh, nah, this is dope. This is at yeah, least two two episodes of, of worth of content. So, just want to thank Nick uh, for coming through and and being on the podcast. Uh, you know, peace and blessings to all. My pleasure, and I apologize if this podcast sounds choppy. It's my fault because <laughs> I digressed so much. They were like, oh, "Can you please stop? Take this out." <laughs> no, it was it was super fun, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. I enjoyed Yo, it. We had a blast. Brother. I'll come back great. whenever I can talk about this stuff forever. For okay. sure, that's the side. Peace, right, y'all. Peace. Peace. How long was that? Three hours. Um,